0: Tom Hess of the Playbook Lab and uh, thank you for taking the time to listen to conversations at the lab where, as many of you know, we talk to leaders in sports business and higher education about leadership and the various associated activities. Today's topic, we are going to be exploring connecting communities given, and especially important, given the situation that's quite unprecedented that we're living in today. And in my conversations with many people over the past couple of weeks, there seems to be this especially strong appetite for connections, because most people's campuses are quiet. They have been for quite a while. And uh, while connections is not a new idea, Um, it has an especially strong meaning today. And to that end, I am very happy to have as my guest, Steve Bloom. Steve is the Senior Director of Strategic Initiatives at the Yale Alumni Association. And amongst his varying responsibilities and many responsibilities, Steve is the Project Leader on Cross Campus, which is Yale's new mentor mentee platform, which, as I understand it, connects alums and Yaleys, Yale students, so they can take advantage of networking opportunities and many other associated things. So, Steve, welcome, and uh, thanks for spending some time with us today.
1: Thank you so much, Tom. I've been looking forward to this, and uh, I've listened, of course, as I mentioned to you, to some of your past podcasts, and they're terrific. Um, I'm, I'm honored to be part of it. Uh, I'd love to share with you a little bit about how I got to Yale, and that will lead us naturally to this wonderful platform that we've launched just 48 days ago called Cross Campus. Um, I did go to Yale, so in addition to working there and being project manager, it's my alma mater. Uh, I have, speaking of connections, Quite a few connections to and with Yale's formative experience for me at Yale was as an athlete. I was the captain of the Yale fencing team. I had never fenced competitively before I got to Yale, and it turned out that I fenced internationally for another 12 years or so after I graduated. So yes, I remember some professors, but what I really remember and the leadership lessons that uh, I learned there. Now, after I graduated, I spent a long and and exciting career in investment banking and accounting. And that eventually led me to conclude that there were some skills in my own sort of... And what came out the other end was that I should do something in the education space. And that ultimately led me to Yale, where for most of the last decade, my role has been in alumni relations in general and working with students and helping them connect in particular. And there have been a series of things that have happened since then that have led us to create this platform you referred to, Tom, called Cross Campus.
0: That's great, Steve, thank you. Uh, Great story, the fact that you are an athlete, the fact that you have this amazing passion and you have many connections at Yale. Uh, I understand you're leading you to where you are today, so kudos to you for for returning to campus, as they say. I have to share with you, um, I had the opportunity to go onto the Cross Campus website and I had listened to a testimonial by a Yale alum that really resonated with me. I thought it was very cool what he said. And he said that cross-campus is a place of shared trust versus other networking sites. And that sort of stuck with me because in much of the work that I do and conversations that I have with leaders, we often talk about trust as being a hallmark of leadership. So, as I thought about that, might you shed a little bit of light on how that might inform cross campus, which can lead into sort of maybe you could share with us a little bit about the impetus for uh, across campus? Sure, uh, happy to do that.
1: Stepping back for a minute and looking at uh, the world on campus from the eyes of a student, and, and I'm privileged, by the way, I didn't mention before, to have yet another connection with Yale, which is that I live among the students in one of Yale's residential colleges. And in fact, it's the same college where both of my kids were also at Yale. Um, Having said that, if you sort of watch students, you have meals with them in the dining hall, you compete with them in intramurals, all of these things that I do, you realize that they have three sources of where they can learn about how to live and how to lead, other than the secret weapon, which is alumni. And those three sources, they won't surprise you, are their parents, who, by the way, often do have wisdom, but they're viewed perhaps by the students as having an angle. Secondly, faculty and coaches, and of course, that can be a great source of inspiration, but remember that faculty and coaches live in the campus bubble. And thirdly, their own peers, who are so early in the arc of their lives that their wisdom on how to live and lead may not be as profound as others. But that brings us to alumni. At Yale, we have 175,000 living alumni. Uh, If even 1% of that cohort wants to work with students, and believe me, far, far more than that, want to work with students, uh, you have this wonderful opportunity to give students another perspective on life and leadership. that, you know, for me, that really has been my mission since I've been at Yale is to tap that amazing resource. We, uh, you mentioned that you wanted to see how that led to cross campus. During the course of these last 10 years, uh, we've invented more ways to connect alumni with students. Originally, uh, if you go back in time, Yale in alumni relations was very programmatic. There were these uh, interesting ways of engaging alums with each other and with the university, but not necessarily with students. And students, as you well know, and student athletes in particular, are in the center of campus life. So there was limited interaction, and I think alumni love to have a time machine back to campus by working with students. That opportunity was not being harvested. As time went on, we created additional venues which brought alumni and students together from the student's standpoint, that was a good thing. And in fact, it, it will eventually it led to the creation of cross campus. But along the way, uh, it also became clear to me that there wasn't really a campus wide buddy system. There wasn't a way that students could pair up with, for example, alumni on a one to one basis, not in a big event. There wasn't a way to build trust in that sort of one to one sense. There were some niche Uh, organic mentoring programs on campus, and there still are, and they're wonderful, but you don't always find those. And I just want to say one other thing about sort of the challenges that led to cross campus. If you think about students, many of us as students are introverted, or we're hesitant. We don't have the confidence yet on how to reach out and build a mentoring relationship, or we're first gen, or we're international in background, and all of these things can make it hard. So we realized we really needed to come up with a platform that made that easier, that maybe it it wasn't as daunting. And that led us to ultimately the decision that we needed a platform and, and ultimately the creation of Cross Campus. And Tom, you did mention this issue of trust. So coming back to the fundamentals, Students realize that alumni have wisdom, and they realize that alumni don't have an angle, unlike their parents, perhaps unlike their coaches. Uh, The alums are doing this because they want to do it. And so the opportunity to join cross-campus, as we like to say, to be part of that community and to interact one-to-one with caring, pre-vetted, if you will, alumni, it's a great opportunity, and and students are jumping on board in uh, high numbers.
0: Steve, uh, that's great, Steve. Let me ask you, you know, it's interesting, you use the word daunting. It can be a daunting experience for students when they enter sort of their college years to have the confidence to reach out to people in general, putting aside even just alums. How do you instill that sense of confidence that when students join cross-campus, consider doing so, what is it about it that gives them confidence to join it there you really have to go at it from a
1: number of angles uh, first of all you you need to create ambassadors or disciples so that mm-hmm. happens from two directions it happens from the campus administrative faculty coaching side and for example our athletics department as i know you've noticed has formed 17 varsity alumni student groups and so Some of the people involved on our athletic side are, in fact, our coaches. They're not simply the administrators in athletics. They're our our varsity coaches. So some of the trust is built by having recommendations from people on campus, uh, including people like me, of course. But the other side of it is to enlist student leaders. And very early in the pre-launch process for cross-campus, we went to what we call the Yale College Council, which is the student governing body. We went to the Graduate and Professional Student Senate, which is the graduate school uh, governing body. And they were early adopters. We had a soft launch. And so what comes out the other end is people who are willing to recommend things. The other thing that happens, of course, is testimonials. You yourself mentioned that you essentially read a testimonial when you went on the site. I'll give you another story. I won't mention her name, but um, somebody who's in my residential college, who's now uh, a rising senior at Yale, was a ranked you know, top 1000, top 1500 tennis player. And she started at Yale, uh, didn't feel comfortable with the tennis program, went to another Ivy League school, a very good one, and was there for a year. And then this is something I've never seen before, transferred back to Yale and continues to play tennis, but is much more focused on academics now. Why do I mention her? It's because she joined cross-campus early. She had the instinct to do that, and she's now latched on to three or four of us uh, as alumni. I'm actually not one of the ones that is an active mentor for her, but she's been so inspired by that. She's been willing to write about it, and her interest in that and her good experience, of course, is infectious, and so other people can follow her lead.
0: That's great, Steve. That, that's, that's very powerful and very telling. So, you know, you, you, your, your thoughts and insights about what gives students the confidence to be able to reach it and the ability to trust the environment, I think is very powerful. And in the world that we all live in today, when we have the blessing, when we have the ambassador who has, quote, endorsed something, it gives people confidence. And it sounds like cross-campus, has sort of begun to occupy that space of safety and trust of the people that are part of that community. Would that be safe to say?
1: Indeed, if I could just uh, sort of, can I uh, hop on that same topic of Of trust and take it one step further? As you know, Tom, because you've come to campus and and we've taken part in leadership forums at Yale. Uh, Leadership is a very important thing to me. Uh, My main leadership lessons in life really came from fencing and competing uh, after Yale and and during Yale. I mention this because you and I both have a sense of some of the qualities of leadership, and, and those can be the ability to listen, they can be the ability to inspire. You have to be able to build trust to be an effective leader. I know we've just been talking about that, but there's more. Leaders have to be able to deal with uncertainty. They have to deal with imperfect information. Sometimes they don't do that very well. Sometimes they shy away from it. We're in a period now of, I would argue, the greatest uncertainty that anybody from three generations has ever faced. And students really do need to understand how to lead through uncertainty. Athletes also. You know, when, we as athletes, when we compete, we face uncertainty that might be in a nanosecond or it might be one day out or might be preparing to uh, face a team a a week from now, and you don't know quite what you're going to get at that moment. But here we are facing something very long run. And the opportunity through a platform like Cross Campus to connect our students, including, of course, our student athletes, with people who have at least some wisdom from decades of being in the world really makes a difference. It helps translate that sports leadership into something with a longer horizon.
0: That's well, well said, Steve. You know, the other thing just to consider is that um, I think the bigger, the bigger theme here is, is that how are we forging relationships so they become bonds of trust? And I always say that in times of uncertainty, which, as you said, very appropriate, we're all living through right now, which are unprecedented, unprecedented, it's probably more important than ever to be able to offer these students a place where they can develop their confidence, a sense of resiliency, a place that they understand how to inspire first themselves to be able to lead. And I think I I take my hat off to you all because I think it's a wonderful example. Um, God forbid the terrible situation that we're all going through right now. It's an opportunity for everybody to learn, and to be absorbed and certainly have the benefit of people who can transfer, excuse me, transfer knowledge to these young people. So I think it's a fabulous, uh, fabulous thing. Let me ask you, Steve, can you give the folks that are listening a little sense of, give us a sense of the numbers of people, if that's possible for you to do, who have joined cross campus? Is that possible? You can sort of paint the picture for us?
1: Absolutely. Happy to do that. And in in, in order to give you a sense of what that means in terms of where we've gotten so far, because remember, we're only 48 days out from our launch. So we're we're, we're new on the block here. Uh, Again, we have 175,000 living alumni. We have roughly speaking 6,000 undergraduate students and 7,500 graduate students. So that's 13,500 round numbers of those roughly one-fifth are international although i know that's not highly relevant it's just an interesting fact um, so with that in mind um, we had set ourselves a goal that three months from launch we would have 5,000 000 in the community we got there in eight days so uh there was a you know an excitement factor i don't want to give uh, us too much credit because of course by serendipity we launched right into the coronavirus crisis. Mm -hmm. We had planned to launch in early April anyway. It turned out to be one of those, you know, thank God moments where we we launched when we launched. So to give you numbers, we have roughly 4,000 students, roughly 5,000 alumni. We would love that ratio actually to be two to one with twice as many alums as students because that gives the students more, more of a pool. Of these 48 days, one third of the entire Yale College student body has joined. And uh, in our wildest dreams, we didn't expect to get there that fast. Um, some other numbers that you'd be interested in, particularly given the audience, are uh, athletes. Uh, right now, we have roughly 300 members of student members across campus who are varsity athletes. We have roughly 500 alumni members across campus who indicate varsity athletics as a discussion topic, from which I presume they're varsity athletes. And uh, a total of about 1,000 alumni who have checked either varsity athletics, club athletics, or athletics and fitness as things they would like to talk about. So that's actually a pretty robust uh, pool of alums with whom our varsity athletes can speak. 300 varsity athletes can speak with these 1,000 alums. I should add one more thing, which is that um, we have, uh, including alums, already roughly 400 or 500 Yaleys who have joined one of our varsity student alumni groups on cross-campus.
0: Interesting, interesting. Um, Steve, how do alums and students communicate? What are the ways they can communicate?
1: Right, so that's a great question. So uh, once they create, uh, once they get on to cross-campus? What are the ways in which they can be back and forth with each other? There are several. One is that the platform itself, cross-campus, has an email feature. So you can communicate with each other through on-platform email. And perhaps some of your listeners are rolling their eyes right now and saying, you know, the last thing we need is another email channel. But but as they say, wait, there's more. (laughs) Because the platform email actually means that when a student reaches out to an alum, they are presented with sort of hello template in fact several so they don't even have to fear picking out the words the words are there they can mold them they can of course completely change them if they want but it becomes quite easy to use this bulk email feature to reach out I'm very proud of the fact that uh, just these few days down the road we've already had six thousand emails sent out on our platform, which have generated uh, roughly 2,000, 2,500, I guess, uh, email threads, which implies some degree of of, uh, connection starting. And already there have been 1,400 unique connections between students and alums or between alums and alums. So one way is email. The second way is the platform does have a video chat feature. Zoom. That's the second way that one could communicate. Um, That's obviously a little bit more personal, which is a good thing, but of course also a little more more daunting for those who are, um, let's just say, hesitant (laughs) And people check the box that said varsity athletics and go for it. Well, maybe if you were on the varsity fencing team, you'd rather interact sort of quasi-privately with other varsity fencers. And so there is, in fact, a varsity fencing group, combined men and women. And you can find people there. You can ricochet back and forth discussion posts. You can ricochet back and forth resources and so forth. And you see a private membership directory of people in that group. So that's the third way that... uh, people can interact the fourth way is going to be very obvious to you which you can go off platform you know you may just decide okay i'm really enjoying the time i'm spending with somebody i should stop and say i just got approached yesterday by a member of yale's varsity hockey team Mm -hmm. and he's a rising senior and um We immediately decided we had a ton to talk about that has to do with finance. And so we're going to go off platform and just do that, uh, you know, in the good old fashioned way, probably on a phone call or an off platform Zoom. And then finally, in terms of getting back and forth, this platform creates innovation. Just a few days ago, a series of alums and students decided to create something called the Alumni Marketplace, which is going to be an exchange of good services and job opportunities And it gets inspired by the existence of this cross-campus community. So yes, it'll be formed. It probably will become a group on cross-campus, but it's something that I don't think would have been um, created if we didn't have this community. So again, to summarize, emails, video chats, joining groups, going off platform, and even creating new events and programs.
0: Steve, I love love you sharing with us this whole idea of this, I would call it organic innovation. How, in fact, that the sort of a mass of people who have joined this ideas are spurning, which I think is very exciting and obviously opens up opportunities for uh, uh, Yalish to be able to take advantage of that marketplace. So I think that's I think that's really, really cool. I mean, really cool. Tom, can I jump in? Can
1: I jump in with one other thing? I realize that, you know, you you asked a very good question about uh, how we communicate with each other, alums and students on the platform. But we should take a half step. And I just want to briefly remind uh, your listeners, our listeners, uh, what some of those reasons are. From an alum's perspective, and remember, the value of this to students is much less if the alums don't join. So you do have to sort of look at why would an alum join a group. Uh, One is alums want to reconnect. They want to reconnect with Yale. They want to reconnect with each other. And they are inspired by the idea of perhaps providing advice to students. The the opportunity for an alum once they join cross-campus is that they can give advice to students They can give advice to other alums, presumably more recent alums than they. They can join a group, which we talked about, or they can actually get advice from other alums. So there's a you know a four-pronged opportunity here for alums to join. On the student side, this may seem obvious to you and maybe many people listening, but it's important to kind of take stock of it. One is this is a crucial lifeline. We are in a period where you can't connect physically. We're in what I hope we will call something like the Great Separation, some, some term that we can all accept that doesn't sound like catastrophe. Um, so one is this is a lifeline. This is the way to connect. Another is that when you go here, unlike LinkedIn, which is necessary but transactional, this, this is a community of caring, that these are people that hopefully have walked in their shoes at some point so then finally you know you have the opportunity from a student's perspective of getting career and life skill tips that they may not be able to get from those other cohorts parents faculty and coaches and their peers so all of these are reasons
0: why uh, students are drawn to the site yeah Steve Wilson you know um reminds me that um, oftentimes when we talk with student-athletes and we talk with coaches and administrations, we often talk about the student-athlete experience. It seems to me that what I infer about cross-campus, especially during this time, if you said this sort of crucial life lifeline, it's almost sort of taken the idea of this student-alumni experience with Yale is just invaluable and growing. And you've taken it, now through this virtual world that we're all living in and i think that is just an amazing revelation about how this is evolving as this sort of extended experience or extended experience of the yale experience so i think it's all you know really cool let me ask you steve sort of a, a last question as we uh as we sort of go on a little bit if Our listeners are curious, number one, might they be able to contact you because love to have your learning and wisdoms as they think about their own environments. And number two, um, what are sort of the, the key sort of things that we should think about when thinking about across campus, sort of an additional sort of valuable way that we can enrich, I would say, the relationships of the Yale community?
1: Sure, thank you for that opportunity. And first of all, let me say, please do contact me. Uh, that's not a casual offer. I really do care. Uh, it's one of the most meaningful things I do on campus. And if I can help all of you off campus, I'm happy to do that. Steven.bloom uh, at yale.edu. So it's just sure my first share. name. Dot. I'll be sure to share Tom, that. You can.
0: I'll be sure to share that.
1: That's great. Thank you. That's, That's great. great. And, bef- and before we get to the learnings, and I know we are wrapping up, but I just want to stress something. You know, you hear me mention Yale, and there are large and well-known schools that use cr- the particular vendor that we use for our platform. The vendor's name is PeopleGrow, by the way. Um, Arizona State, Notre Dame, Michigan, NYU, you know, Temple, Loyola, Wellesley, Cornell, Yale, I could go on. But Cross campus is also being used, the same platform, different branding names, but the same platform is being used by Vassar, by Skidmore, by Trinity, by Bates, by Clark, by Drew, by Mill, by Benedictine, by Transylvania. So it's important to understand this is not beyond the reach of anybody who's listening. This is a, a great platform. It's affordable. I know I'm sounding like I'm pitching it because I, I'm a part owner. I'm not. I'm, I'm just sold on it. But I do want to come to your, your sort of closing questions, which were, you know, what are some takeaways from this? And um, let me share some takeaways. One is that as we help build leaders in the sports world or outside of it, we should be helping people seek perception. what do people want to do? What do they do well? What do people need? And in order to discern those three things, you need the wisdom of a cohort like alumni on a platform like this. Secondly, it's important students need to remind ourselves that students often fear mentoring And strangely enough, you used the words at the very beginning, Tom, but we try to use the word mentoring as little as we can. We talk about connections and mentoring, I'm sorry, connections and community and advice. Uh, And yes, mentoring. Fourthly, keep things simple. Figure out how people can click on a button, can try to connect with people, can do some screening and so forth. Fifthly, build trust. You brought that up. This is a community of people who are pre-vetted and caring that really makes a difference. And then uh, two more things, and I promise I'm done. Um, One of them is recognize that the connections that build community and trust and leadership wisdom result from giving a spectrum of advice. It's not always diving in for a six-month relationship between a mentor and a mentee. Sometimes it's just reviewing a resume we're finding out what it's like to move to Indianapolis or whatever. Uh, you can build virtuous cycles. That's great, Steve. So Be Steve- part of it. And as the community grows, it becomes
0: even richer. I like that, that sort of finishing point of sort of enriching sort of the community, which seems to me is something that is evolving as you're doing it. So that's really exciting. So Steve, sounds such an exciting endeavor at Yale and congratulations to you all there for embarking on this journey. So, and especially at this time, as, as you so aptly put sort of a crucial lifeline during these unprecedented times. So we've been going for around a half hour, Steve, And uh, I think uh, i sort of stick by the clock if you don't mind. And I want to thank you for taking the time to share your wisdom, your insights, your passion for what you are doing. It's so invaluable, I'm sure, to all of you at Yale and certainly to everybody out in the world of higher education. So kudos to you.
1: And thank you, Tom. You're a great leader, a great friend, a great athlete in your own right. And everybody who's listening should keep listening to the Playbook Lab podcast. They are a great source of knowledge. Steve, thank you. Be
0: well and talk to you soon. Thanks, Tom.